It's Shade at Black Girls Texting. I know y'all see my text. You better answer me back. I'm Chels Pinky, also known as the washing machine queen. I'm classically trained. Me, 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 me. It's Glenn at Best I Brat. Wow, you did us. Goodbye. Hey BGT fam, it's your girl Sade and we are back with another episode. This week we're doing another edition of our Black Girls Doing Shit series. And this week we're talking to Nancy Twine of Briogeo, Maya Norton from Netflix, and Shalita Smith from Black's Box. You'll learn more about these amazing ladies soon, but we wanted to talk to all these women because they all share just this hustler entrepreneurial mindset in common, and we're super excited for you to hear the app. All right, let's go. My good sis, that's a black girl doing shit. You might have heard us talk about Black's Box on a past episode of Black Girls Texting. It's this awesome company that is dedicated to the sexual well-being of the Black community. And on this episode of Black Girls Doing Shit, we sat down with Blexbox's Chief Operating Officer, Shalita Smith. And I gotta be honest, a few weeks ago, I sat down with her and we had this bomb conversation. And then I don't know if it was Mercury, but our interview got fucked up, lost, deleted, whatever. So we did it again, and I'm so excited for you to hear this episode because we got into the importance of elevating our sex lives and intimacy as Black folks, and we learned a lot more about what Shalita does in her role as Chief Operating Officer, which includes the operation of the company, the supply chain, logistics, inventory, and partner affiliates. Shalita has nearly 10 years of global supply chain experience at notable companies, including Vitacoco and La Octane. When she isn't building pivot tables and balancing a healthy sex life, she's watching reality TV and listening to podcasts. Let's get into the interview right now. Just to kick it off, Shalita, I feel like I'm not sure if um, something is in retrograde, but we have been going through it to get this 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 interview done and recorded. We have I mean, been going I, through it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm a Scorpio, so a day in the life. Um, <laughs> but you are absolutely correct. Just malfunctions everywhere. One thing after another. Again, you know, I guess it's a testament to us now being in this world that is so reliant upon technology, and yes. we all say that, like, oh, like you know, there's, 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 there's pluses and minuses. Things are easier, but like we leave ourselves at the hands of a computer to make sure that things get done. And mm. I know (laughs) that said hopping into our on red or reply. All right. um, As I said, I just, I got a thought. So on red or reply, keeping your camera off on zoom meetings. Um, so I'm a mix and I'm going to tell you why from practice. So my current job, we have, um, a company meeting at the beginning of the day and one at the end of the day. It's a small company. There's only like 12 of us beginning of the day. The camera does not go on end of the day. The camera does go on. Um, so I'm a little bit of both. If I had my way, I would leave it all on red for camera on. I feel like you really don't need to see me in order for your job to get done or my job to get done. Um, It's kind of a form of corporate policing. Let's be very honest about it. (laughs) That's that's so true. 
Yes. Um, so yeah, that that is my those are my feelings and sentiments on this Zoom era we live in. No, I really feel that way. They're like, cameras must be on. I'm like, excuse me, what, what do you mean? I, I'm in a meeting with like 200 people or something, 100 people, and you need my camera to be on. You can't even see me. So then that makes me makes me wonder, like, are you getting completely dressed up when you're starting your Zoom meetings for the day? Are you like dressed up from waist up? Um, I know. <laughs> I have like a uniform. I've been wearing the same like three shirts and like three pairs of sweatpants this entire um, <laughs> situation. I on some days will try or if I have to leave the house, I'll typically have on like some form of an athleisure outfit. Um, but I feel the exact same way. Like, why does my camera need to be on? It's like, I can take a shit and listen at the same time. So I just really don't understand like why you have to like physically like see me. I mean, if I wasn't listening, then I wouldn't be able to do my job. Like, Correct. Like, like, obviously, um, internalizing the information. You're so right. Corporate policing. Yeah. I think more people should be like throwing that term out. You know, corporations love terminology these days. So yes. like someone could throw that on them and then we could all be able to keep our cameras off. You heard it here first. Yes. <laughs> Somebody hashtag that and spread it like wildfire. Exactly. Okay. Our next on Reddit reply is our BDSM light. So the first time we were, ch we chatted, I told you that I ordered this, uh, little situation where I could like tie up my partner but really I want to be tied up like on my bed this is a note to listeners on Amazon you can order this thing if you don't have a bed with posts you can like slide this harness situation underneath of your mattress and it has like buckles on either side of the upper part of the bed and the bottom part of the bed to uh, attach your wrists and your ankles and I'm just kind of interested in this BDSM light and being, and I, I'm calling it light because I'm not getting into like the extreme harnessing and tying up, even though, you know, that could be the next step. But Shalita, being that you are um, here as a representative of Blackbox, which is all about uh, sexual wellness and well-being for the Black community, I'm curious how you feel about BDSM light on yes. Red or Reply. Yes, so um, the last time we were recorded, I was a definite reply. Um, I even talked about my self-discovery around um, the self-asphyxiation that I was doing post or during orgasm. <laughs> And then post-orgasm, like almost fainting a couple of times. Uh, so Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Let's get into it. Because listeners, yes. as, as you know, we had some uh, mercury retrograde things and yes. you missed the first juice. So the asphyxiation, yeah, what, what? Yes. So I, I realized that while I was orgasming, I was holding my breath. Um, and so you know, choking um, is a very common form of asphyxiation that people utilize um, during sexual encounters with their partners. And it was something that I never had an interest in or had thought of, but then realized that it was something I was already like doing to myself, um, which made me then realize that I am, it's, it kind of rounded out the, the world of kink, being kink positive, um, learning about your kinks. Uh, we all have them in one way, shape, or form. And um, being able to better just work through what your kinks are, um, understanding that a lot of kinks are more normalized than we think they are, even though within our community, they are still fairly taboo. Um, 
And yeah, really just living in that, communicating that with your partner, trying those things out, experimenting. Like BDSM light is a, I think a fun and safe way to learn your personal do's and don'ts outside of the vanilla sex that we're all used to hearing about and seeing in movies and television shows. 100%. Could you actually expand upon what you mentioned about it being taboo in our community and maybe how Blackbox is looking to address that or confront it or unpack it or push the envelope for us? Yes, certainly. So when I talk about the tab, uh, the topic of BDSM being still taboo and within our community, um, it's a topic to which the Black community is not opposed to learning and understanding more about. However, we are at least likely to seek out that information due to the ways in which we were taught sex. And a lot of us grew up in, um, you know, religious households. A lot of us grew up not really having a great education, whether it be from um, our family or our school system in regards to sex. And we unfortunately tend to carry stigmas about sex and the type of sex that we're having or we could be having. Um, so Blex, and I will talk about both the box and the app. Um, so Blex in regards to the box is, um, it's providing you a great mix of sexual health and wellness products in order for you to um, discover your intimacy with, with better quality products than you would typically find at your grocery store, at your CVS. So we are wanting to provide the Black community um, access and we want to provide the Black community access to a variety of items. Um, so one thing that we have right now is the BB Mini, which we launched a few weeks ago. Um, the BB Mini is great because it has a mod massage candle. Um, it's got a thin dame, uh, dame thin vibrator and it also comes with the, and why am I drawing a blank because I can't see it. Um, <laughs> the, I'm looking at our, oh goodness, so <laughs> I'm drawing a blank because I'm looking at our um, dark chocolate body paint from High on Love. Ooh, yes, that is in, yes, that is a crowd pleaser. That is actually in our larger box. Um, but the lube, the jelly lube, from Unbound. Yes, that is the last item that's in the BB Mini. Um, so if we think about that, we have these three wonderful items. Um, if you think about sexual exploration, um, the massage candle is great if you're into or wanting to do more around wax play, if you're into um, temperature play. So having something that um, goes on you hot and then melts cool. Um, it's great because mm. it has, right? <laughs> uh, it's great because it has that jojoba and that soy oil, which is um, good for helping our skin in particular, melanated skin, protect against um, environmental suppressors. So when we talk about environmental suppressors, we're talking about anything related to um, how you're being impacted 
with your outside environment, whether it be the weather, um, the toxicity in your love life, you know, um, fuck boys. So, <laughs> all of those I environmental, <laughs> all of those environmental suppressors yes. and stressors. Yes, because that we need is... to stay moisturized amidst yes. all the nonsense. What we can do is keep ourselves together. Keep it hydrated. together. Hydrated, exactly. Um, and so it's a great way to kind of to baby step into those types of kinks to see if it's something that you really enjoy. Um, lube is something that uh, is really not as common among the Black community as it should be. Um, oh my God. I know. Wait, I'm so sorry to cut you off, but I would yeah. love to talk about that a little bit because I always grew up thinking like, who needs lube? Like, why do we exactly. need lube? It Especially if you're talking about you know, but she's got that WAP. What, what are we using lube for? Right. And people, I think lube has been advertised as a way to fill um, a gap or to help bring up um, an issue in terms of being able to create moisture um, during sex, which lube is actually an enhancer. Lube is supposed to, if you're not having those issues, lube comes in as, okay, great. Like you already in sexual activity, like you're already creating moisture, which is creating that friction and it's providing that sensation. That's wonderful. Lube is going to come in on top and it's going to multiply that. And each type of lube um, has a different function. Um, the lube that we have from Unbound is actually a water-based lube, which is a great intro lube because um, you're least likely to get an allergic reaction since it's water-based. Um, it's vegan. It has, it's like no parabens, none of those like glycol, um, what's in what's in what's that we can't pronounce. That's in almost <laughs> every item. Um, yeah, and then of course, like the Dame Fin Vibrator is wonderful because it's got the medical grade silicone, something that we don't think about when we're thinking about toys and vibrators and understanding that we're using them on our bodies and in our bodies. We deserve to have a high grade material that we're utilizing um, because our skin, we, our skin is something that we take so much pride in and our melanin and we have to treat like the outside of our bodies the same way that we treat the inside of our bodies. So understanding that we have to do the work in that way as well. Um, so that's really what the box is, does for the black community. And I then love that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And then to touch on the app super quickly, um, the app is a platform that allows you to speak to coaches. Um, it also has a community to where you can chat with like-minded people through any issues that you're having, um, sexual health and wellness related. And so going back to understanding yourself and your kinks, um, the Blex platform is a great way to talk to a coach who um, has experience in coaching people through how to better understand who they are sexually. Oh my God, this is so crucial, I think. Um, and I thought about a couple of things as you were speaking specifically. So two things, Unbound, correct me if I'm wrong, is it owned by Women of Color, that company? It is, so yeah. owned by Women of Color, um, one of the things that we try to do as well, you know, we have a mission. We don't want to have a mission that we're um, front facing to consumers and not living within that mission as well. So um, we talk about 
you know, being uh, working with brands that are socially ethical. We talk about working with brands that are like-minded, um, founded upon entrepreneurship of a group that um, has not had the same success as others. Um, and so, yes, it's founded by a woman of color. Their team is also predominantly women. Um, Dame is, um, Dame follows a similar model. They actually, I believe it's 80% women in their workforce and they pride themselves on the amount of female engineers that they have actually constructing these toys. Because, yes. right, because if it's made for vulvas, buy vulvas. Yes. <laughs> yes. For vulvas, buy vulvas. Vulvas, yes. That. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then I did, I know I dropped the, the dark chocolate body paint, which is in the larger box. Um, that one is actually a company founded by a woman as well. Um, she had actually worked a very long time for a sex toy company. Um, and she took her talents and has been working to build an empire around CBD based um, sex products. Yes. Um, so wait, it's CB, is it CBD and chocolate? Yes, it Don't is. Don't tell a, me that. Oh, this is CBD out of control now. Dark chocolate body paint. Yes. Girl. So now yeah, that was going to be my next question. Mm -hmm. What would one do with the body paint? Are we painting? Are we like, like, what, what am I doing? Am I making a shirt out of the, bo the chocolate body you paint can, and then they're licking it off? You can play <laughs> a game. You can. Um, I just did a, I just did a Blex Box After Dark about nipple play. So you can yes check that out blexbox igtv holla um shout out celine sex with baddies thank you um, so we had a whole episode about nipple play and that would be an instance where if you're introing nipple play to a partner you could like um you could have some drip on their nipple and lick it off um you can do you can play all sorts of games with it you can yeah you can paint oh my god paint That's... a picture on yeah, you could paint a picture. That's yeah. fun. Um, you can yeah, it's so interesting. I've been with, so, with yeah. I can think of like three partners that I've been with that have loved nipple play. And the first time I, someone told me like, yeah, pinch my nipples. I was very like thrown off. I hadn't expected like a man to want attention in that, that area of their body. This was like early college. So I think that's so interesting. And we're talking about like taboos or just like, Yes. wanting to give in to you know pleasure and the ways that our body experiences pleasure is just it's something that you can't anchor in society like the way your body is going to respond to how it's feeling good is it's all in your body so like if this like very masculine black man feels pleasure from having his nipples played with he feels pleasure from it um and it shouldn't be there shouldn't be judgment placed upon it because now it suddenly feels like he's being emasculated because of it or something you know oh exactly and also your brain doesn't know the difference when with sexual stimulation between like a clitoris and a nipple um or a g-spot your brain doesn't mm -hmm. know it, it feels good and that's yeah. that exactly. it's a sex receptor so they're meant to be used to stimulate pleasure outside of you know like feeding babies um exactly. it's not it's Black, National Black Breastfeeding Week as well. So, oh. yes. Oh. Shout out to the lovely women of color who sacrifice their breasts to nourish our youth. To feed them babies. To feed them. them babies. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. So, wait, getting into our last on Reddit reply, because yes. in your bio, it says that you love to watch reality television. On Reddit reply, the Real Housewives franchise. 
reply all day long. Um, reply all. All. Atlanta is just like a time capsule, first and foremost. Atlanta is a classic that can be watched over and over and over again, front to back, endless entertainment. Um, oh my God, not to cut you off, yes. but there was this meme that I saw the other day that was that showed the initial cast when they still had, I cannot remember the woman's name, maybe her name was Lisa? She had like yes, a football player she, husband? Yes, Eddie. And it was saying all, Eddie, exactly. Oh my God, you really know, I love it. And it was saying all the Real Housewives of Atlanta ladies look like they work at Macy's. And it was like, Lisa will work in shoes. Um, Nene will work in intimates. Uh, oh my God, Kim, that's a white lady, right? Yeah. Kim will work in, I think they said like home, all this stuff. And I just mm -hmm. died. Because if you look back early to the mid 2000s, I don't even know. They look like they was coming out of the 90s, to be honest. Those wigs and the silk it's shirts were very disturbing. So bad. So bad. But as you said, a time capsule and to watch their growth it's it's miraculous to see i mean right and um i think we discussed this the last time that season one no one looks good season one they do not it, it's impossible then they watch themselves back they hire a stylist somebody's doing their hair every time they film like <laughs> yeah, that just is what it is <laughs> and dorit. i'm so yes dorit i didn't know dorit didn't look good to At begin all. with yeah. She did it? I gotta go back and look. I, I have a hard time believing it because she turns looks. She turns looks now. She's, she's got a team. She used to look, she didn't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like flabbergasted. I oh yeah. Season what? one, she wasn't. Wasn't serving. She wasn't serving. I love Season one, we Erica... saw her real hair the whole time. Because you know she's wearing wigs now. She has on wigs? She's got that well, I know she has that ponytail. Yeah, she does those bangs. Oh, she does a, a, that's a fake bang? Yeah, I think pretty sure it's a fake bang. I mean, yeah, because it is so bumped. Yeah, there's no. And then Erica now has a um, creative director, which I stand. Let me have a creative director just for my very being, not yeah. for like, because I am a product. Like, I am a walking, you know, I'm a piece yeah, of art. Creative you are. director. Me. I love it. I, I you know. Who's it, Mikey? Mikey's her creative director. Yes, exactly. Yes, formerly of the Pussycat Dolls. That's where I've seen yes. him before. Yes. Thank you for connecting that dot. Because I was like, I know this man. I know him. And I try to tell my girls, Chelsea and Shadi, my other co-hosts, I'm like, these white ladies are real crazy. Like, Potomac is good, but New York and Beverly Hills? And I almost, maybe I'm taking a little bit more satisfaction in watching these white ladies while out. Like, there's something sweeter about it. I don't know. Maybe I need to unpack that. But I mean, like, well, they're just a hot mess. And I'm just like, go for it. Keep going. Right. <laughs> it's like those things of like, okay, so everybody wants to talk about what happened on Love and Hip Hop, but like, we don't want to talk about who, when Lisa Rinna fucking threw that glass down, like she was exactly. about to cut Kim right in the neck in Amsterdam. She was ready to slice her up. And girl, what is the difference? It's the same shit, same, the, same, same, the same behaviors. Same behaviors. Lisa Rinna was like, don't talk about my husband. Don't, don't <laughs> talk about that. Broke <laughs> that class. Damn near had it up to Kim's girl. Yeah, never forget. So. Never forget. Oh my God. I've been living for Beverly Hills and New York. Although New York 
again, makes me feel like I'm watching like an AA, like an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Like I'm in the basement of a church, watching them all talk about how they're addicted to um, something, Dr uh, prescription pills, bottles. Like it's very, it gets a little dark on that and a show. a lot of them have been arrested. So like, let's They all have fucking mugshots. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk about it. A okay. lot of arrests on that show. Um, also, Dorinda <laughs> just got fired. Who got, who got fired? Dorinda. Dorinda got fired from the show? Yeah. Dorinda? Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, Jesus. She had to go. She was wilding. She was wilding. She was. She was. It wasn't even fun anymore to watch her. It, it was, wasn't. It, it, it was wasn't. getting too. It was too extreme. It was. Too extreme. Oh, girl, I could talk to you about the housewives all day, all day. Okay. But let's let's switch gears into our group chat portion of our conversation, and you talk to us a little bit about what Black Fox is doing, and I can totally hear like the passion behind um, the work that you do, and like that you can understand the value that it's adding to our community. But I'm curious to know more about how you ended up at Black Fox and why you were compelled by the company's mission. Yeah, definitely. So um, one of the co-founders, Tanisha, I met her during my time in Singapore. Um, I had a wonderful, wonderful friendship group. Um, there are more Black people in Singapore than people think there are. <laughs> and so through a group chat is how um, I became closer to her. And um, of course, my five other wonderful friends, shout out Dark and Doozy, Singapore, woo! Um, yes, black yes. girls in Asia. Black girls in Asia. Um, <laughs> and so, while she was um, conceptualizing the brand and what did she what she wanted to look like, um, you know, I was there kind of through the inception stages, and then once she started to be able to realize what her dream was when it came to Blex, um, there was an opportunity for me to be operational and to be a part of something um, that we hope it creates a large impact on the Black community. Um, so I was definitely compelled to join really just based on the mission. I feel like, um, and it's something that we have talked about a bit, just me and my friends about, um, Black women specifically, but Black people in general and, and when it comes to luxury and what that means and what we're entitled to and what we deserve. And one of the things is that we want to provide you, in a sense, luxury um, because you, it, you may not have exposure to these items in your community. You may not know that there's access to products that we offer within our box. Um, we want you to understand what it means to um, utilize products that are made ethically, that aren't, um, aren't tested on animals, um, that don't include toxic um, items, um, that are packaged with recyclable packaging, which is something that we do as well with the box. Um, everything is recyclable and the discrete bags that we ship in are 100% compostable. Um, so, you know, this is something that Black people deserve. We we deserve to be able to live in this realm of luxury. And a lot of times, um, when we talk about um, when we talk about being ethical, we have to align that to luxury. Um, I think a lot of people know 
don't realize, especially like relating it back to clothing, for instance, you know, that shirt was be able to, was able to be marked down to $15 because like, unfortunately, some kid got paid two cents to make it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we want to, we want to take that out of the equation. We don't want you to feel compelled to contribute to a corporate society that depends a lot on these tactics that don't align with what we deserve as Black people. Um, And that I loved. And that kind of aligned with something that I'm trying to do personally in terms of the way I purchase and spend and like that sort of like lifestyle change. um, Very, very hard. Very, haven't bought close this entire year very hard um and so um with that being said it was great to be able to be a part of something that really aligned with the person that I am and where I want to go with life being able to provide access to the black community to better for you products for our sexual health and wellness and also putting sexual health on the, in the forefront for the black community um you know really working through with this crusade of so many sex experts, sex therapists, so many people of color who are already doing the work within this field. Um, And if you follow Black's app or Black's box, we have really great lists to highlight some of our personal favorites in terms of um, sex coach, therapists, um, kink experts. Um, So you can find that information there, but there are just a lot of wonderful people in the industry who are doing this work and being able to be a part of that and to strengthen the mission of making sexual health a priority in the Black community. That's what really compelled me to um, be a part of this organization. I love it. You know, I'm thinking about, as you're speaking, I was reminded of sort of the beginning of my sexual journey um, back in high school when I lost my virginity and I was having sex with this guy and the places we were getting condoms were like at the clinic, at school, from a jar, these real rinky dink NYC condoms, just real whack shit that was, yeah, girl. But it was all very like based upon this thing of like, okay, we need condoms because they're preventative, but there was never this, I I don't know, I I got stuck on the word that you were saying around luxury Um, and looking at like sex to us was like a thing that we wanted to do, but the only thing that we could think about was that we had to protect ourselves, which of course is step one. We couldn't think about, we didn't have the concept to think about the next step, which could be like, how could we enjoy ourselves further? Like, how can we take this a step further? How can we like expand our sexual experience? I don't know. It was just basically, it was just real basic. Yeah, <laughs> and no, I it, love that you're talking about like, yeah, like what are the next steps? How can we expand this? Exactly. So you mentioned the condom and being protective. So right. our, our first box actually has the Lilo Hex condoms. We wanted to kind of just like introduce an alternative to what particularly black men feel like they should be buying in terms of condoms. Magnums are not the ones. I'm just like- Right, so like if we're bringing magnums, it's like, oh, this is fancy now. You got the gold wrapper. No, and then it's all like related back to penis size. So you're just perpetuating a stereotype and it's probably bolstering your insecurities about Mm -hmm. how big you think your penis should be. So also read up on that. And not everybody is slinging a 12 inch third arm. Like, let's just be (laughs) very clear about it. Um, So yeah, so the Lilo Hex condom is, um, it has this hexagonal feature that is gives a barely 
physically there feel, but then also creates an added layer of sensation just based on its structure. Um, and so this is what we mean about, you know, adding luxury, adding luxury into how you protect yourself, like starting at step one and then bringing it into the other facets. Okay, right. How do I become more intimate? How do I make sure I'm engaging with my partner? Um, how do I assess the needs of my partner while making sure that I'm tending to my own? Um, you know, that's where we want to interject like that luxury part of sexual health and wellness and not, um, you know, not thinking that all you need is a condom or, you know, KY jelly is the only lube out there exactly. that I know of. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that's what we, that's the mission. And that's what we wanted to bring from a product perspective. That's awesome. So you mentioned that you met your partner at, uh, in a group chat in, in Singapore and, you know, we're Black girls texting and we talk about the sanctity of the group chat and the way it, it supports us, how it offers us a, space, a safe space, a place to, uh, to express ourselves, to complain, to ask for advice. What has your group chat meant to you? You can speak specifically to that chat that you had in Singapore, or maybe one that you have now, but thinking about how it's supported you, and maybe you could branch out and talk about friendship at large, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'll stick to Dark and Doozy because we're still very much in the group chat. Um, I'm definitely the shadiest one. Like I pop in and out. I'll come in, give a good, like I'll give a solid day of effort and then I'm out again and someone has to at me like five times for me to reply. So I'm definitely the trash friend in the the group. Um, however, it's just been a one, it's been a wonderful just social circle of smart, beautiful, successful Black women, all with a unique narrative and all who stand like 10 toes down and who they are, which is what I love. Um, and it, from that has fostered some amazing times. Like we've done crazy group trips, um, you know, from Thailand to being at the club until like five in the morning in Kuala Lumpur, um, just to like yeah. running around, yeah, like day brunching in Singapore. Um, and so the memories that I have, I even, ha we went to the, they surprised me with a visit to the safari because they knew I wanted to do that before I left and I hadn't gone. Cried, like, cr oh my God. Oh my God. Yes, it was, I definitely cried. I was like, I hate this, I'm crying. Um, so just a, a wonderful group of supportive women. Um, and I just feel like that we're all just really dedicated to lifting each other up and to really just, um, you know, congratulating each other, watching each other thrive. And I think it's so important when you think about friendship um, in a broader sense to, um, I heard this analogy about friends and how um, you should be, your friends should be like the rock in which you sharpen your blade. And so mm. if you're sharpening your blade and your blade comes out dull, you have to reevaluate your relationship with that friend because that friend isn't doing anything to to help you progress, to help you meet your goals, to support you, to lift you up, to provide guidance. And that should be something you're doing vice versa. Like keep in mind, you get what you give. Tried and true. Um, and so 
this group has been wonderful because each each and every person sharpens my blade. Each and every person has a set of skills and knowledge that I'm learning about each and every day. Um, super smart, super intelligent, fun and witty. And it's just been really great for me in terms of like womanhood to be able to move through that with this like wonderful group of women. Damn, I love that idea of sharpening your blade. That's beautiful. I love that. Love, love, love that. And I think that's something that I've been holding onto without having that kind of language around. But there's this idea that, you know, you want to surround yourself with people that when you leave, you feel fuller, not that you've been depleted by them. So I think that's a similar kind of, uh, you know, way of looking at, at a relationship. Like who is filling your cup? Who are you filling the cup to as well? And like, when you walk away, you feel like you're buzzing, like you're alive, like the conversation you had inspired you in some kind of way. I, I absolutely love that. On that note, if you were an emoji or a meme, what would you be? Or a GIF, I should say, actually. Okay. Um, so I would be a combination of the emoji with like the squiggly face. And I know last time we talked, um, I know you said that you related that to like a yikes moment. Yes. And, then, and I related that to like diarrhea. <laughs> you know what? When you say that now, I'm thinking that's very Black girl in Asia. That might be why yes. you use that, 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 that uh, emoji because it applies. <laughs> oh my God. Ew. Sri Lanka, the Philippines, like I'm thinking all these are food poisoning. Yeah. Sri Lanka, I came back and I was like, something is not right. Something ain't right. Something ain't right. Now by that time it was the third time I had food poisoning. So I exactly. knew what the deal was. I was like, oh, here we are. Um, <laughs> yes. And then my second emoji would be the upside down um smiley face. And I say that because I talk a lot of shit. Um, <laughs> I talk a lot of shit, but I think where people kind of, where people don't take it seriously is because I know I have a high pitched voice and I talk in a cadence and I'm very sing songy. And so I think it's like, for me, it's like that kind of like that upside down, like, fuck you, but smiling. I, mm -hmm. is what, it's the impression I feel people get from me. It's like a, a cute, evil person. Yes. Which are like the most evil. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Love very that. much. It's like, yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> okay. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? So the best piece of advice I ever received is whatever somebody says behind your back is none of your business. Um, I love that <laughs> shit. Expound upon that. Yes. This is something that has actually helped me through a lot, um, particularly living in Asia and dealing with um, my work environment where I came in as somebody from a corporate office into a regional office. Um, there was a lot of mistrust. I was being told the things that people were saying about me behind my back. And of course, like no one could say it to my face. Um, and it it really ate at me. It ate at me a lot because I felt like I was going to work every day with um, a bunch of a-holes that just like couldn't, if they had a real problem with me that was um, harming the way that they worked or their productivity in any way, you would assume that they would speak up. Um, however, that being said, none of that should have mattered because no one said it to my face. And so with that being said, I have really made it a mission to stop 
trying to assume what people think or say about me um, because I have learned that it has become a detriment to how I function and how I move in this world. And it has been the best thing that I carry with me. Um, it's made me a lot more carefree. And I feel like that really reflects in the person that I am today. I love that. That makes me think of that other phrase, like mind the business that pays you. That's the only thing you can be concerned with, like are checks coming from it or, you know, it's the same thing that you said too, like you feel a lot more carefree. I think there's, I long had this like insecurity where I'm walking into a space and I'm like, are people looking at me? What are they saying? What, what's going on? What are they going to think when I leave the room? You just can't be concerned with that because you have no idea what they're saying and what they feel. And you did the best that you could and you showed up as your full self and that's all you can do. And that's it. That's it. That's literally it. I love that. Oh my God. I, I think that's so crucial. Okay. Before we go, you know, this is our episode, all celebrating Black girls doing shit. And you are one of our Black girls doing shit on this episode, but we're all about paying it forward. So can you shout out a Black woman right now that you just want to celebrate? They could be a friend, a family member, a public figure, someone that you just want to give love to. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm going to shout out two women. Um, one is my mother, Dr. Cherie Smith, uh, recent doctor. Uh, my mom is the type of woman who just, whenever she has a goal, she pursues it. I admire that a thousand percent in her. Um, she's a Virgo, so she's got that Beyonce work ethic. Um, and it has been uh, a motivation for me to see how much she's been able to accomplish. Um, and then my second shout out is to a woman that we all know. Um, she was a pioneer in her field. She was an exemplary, exemplary part of her community. And unfortunately, her life was taken while she was sleeping at home in her bed. So justice for Brianna Taylor. Um, we have to keep saying it. We have to say it every day until we see what we need to see. Um, you know, we just, we have to keep the fight alive. We have Absolutely. to. Yes. And so beautiful to see her on the cover of Vanity Fair. Yes. You know, it, it breaks my heart though at the same time, because we see all of these Black people become figures of a movement, become representatives of a fight of injustice. And they didn't ask to be martyrs. Like, beautiful to see Brianna Taylor be immortalized on this cover of Vanity Fair, like how incredible. Who knows if in her life, doing her, her job, um, living with her soon-to-be fiance, she would have seen that kind of representation. She would have seen herself on the cover of Vanity Fair, but like how tragic that that placement came at the loss of her life. Um, I don't know. It, it, it just, it's got me fucked up, but, it, but it's beautiful to see nonetheless. And I'm glad that I'm so happy. I'm so, so, so glad that you brought her name up in this conversation. And as you said, we can't stop saying it. Yes. A thousand percent. Yeah. Thank you so much, Shalita. Thank you. This is great yet again. Anything, oh, okay. Sorry. You want to promote? Any last yes. thing you want to say? Um, so very quickly, you can find us at, um, 
blexbox.com so www.blexbox.com um, on instagram blex underscore box that's b-l-e-x and if you uh, want to learn more about the app you can find that at blex underscore app um, you can also go to blexapp.com or blextechnologies.com beautiful thank you so much girl thank you take care you too my good sis that's a black girl doing shit Hey, BGT listeners, I'm so excited for you all to hear the conversation that we had with Nancy Twine. Nancy Twine is the founder and CEO of Briochio Hair Care. She actually has a really cool story that you'll hear a bit more about, but she quit her high paying job on Wall Street and really bet on herself to start her hair care line. Her hair care line was inspired by a family tradition of formulating personal care products from scratch at home. We love talking to Nancy. Hope you enjoy the interview. So Nancy, every episode of Black Girls Texting, we play this game called On Red or Reply. Um, And it's sort of like our rapid fire icebreaker game. It's intended to be rapid fire, but we always end up getting into conversations around these topics. Mm -hmm. But basically, since we are the Black Girls Texting, we think about um, like text message etiquette. And when you leave something on red, um, it's like you're not going to res- respond to it. Whatever somebody sent you was like ridiculous or <laughs> not worth your time. And yeah. if you reply to a text, then it's something like a conversation you're w- willing to engage, right? So mm-hmm. with that in mind, we have three topics for you. And you'll tell us if you would leave them on red or if you would reply. Okay. okay. So the first is going back into the office for work, like meeting physically with the people that you work with these days in this current environment i would leave it on red agreed yeah (laughs) our offices are both well our jobs are both trying to get us back in the office and we're like it's a global pandemic pandemic. (laughs) yeah and to be honest with you being in the office right now is not that serious i think you know most companies have been able to figure out the work remote thing and at least for us it's actually working out better in a lot of ways um so yeah it's just it's not worth it that one would be left unread for sure agreed agreed (laughs) (laughs) okay the next one is diy hair care so chelsea just sent me this video apparently like cardi b has this series of on tiktok where she's like mixing up all these products like mayo and avocado and everything at home like bananas honey (laughs) i would reply to that really yeah Yeah, i think too especially like you know there are all of these you know silver linings i found of you know quarantine which is just having more time to slow down and do things whether it's cooking or making your own products so i love the idea of kind of doing something that typically you wouldn't have time to do and to learn about ingredients and mix things up i mean that's what i used to do back at home so I would definitely reply to that and give that a lot of love. Yeah. Do you have like a go-to like kitchen uh, hair mask um, recipe? Well, we make a really great hair mask, um, but it's funny because last year we launched a um, honey infused version of the hair mask. And that is one thing that I used to do is I used to take our hair mask and add honey to it when my hair was really, really dry. Maybe I was in the pool or out in the sun. So um, I love the idea of a honey hair mask. 
Yeah, oh, that's great. I feel like there's lots of these stories that I often hear of people um, with hair care brands that the beginning stages were like being at home, like mixing things, trying things, and then those yeah. were the things that you ended up being able to produce. And yeah, that's really sure. cool. Okay. Um, oh, actually, really quick on that topic, um, because I have been doing a lot of DIY hair experimenting at home. But at the beginning of quarantine, I like found these YouTube videos where people were talking about the benefits of rice water. And have you ever used rice water? Do you have thoughts I, on rice I water? It's really funny <clears throat> because I was using rice water before it was like a thing on YouTube. Um, it's something actually my mom put me on to. Um, but yeah, it's, it is a great kind of DIY protein treatment, but you have to know when your hair needs protein, because if mm. it already has too much protein, it could actually make your hair really brittle and feel hard and dry. So, um, there have been points in which my hair has had too much moisture. Like it's almost like I can't even style it. Cause it almost feels like, um, like almost like gummy like because it just has so 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 much moisture and some people would think like oh my gosh that's like a dream for my hair to have too much moisture but in both ways it's possible to have too much protein and too much moisture and when you have one or the other too much of you need the other thing to balance it out so in those instances which my hair just has too much moisture it's not very manageable like even if i try to blow it out it's just like cotton candy it doesn't even take um that's a signal that my hair needs more protein. Interesting point. Yeah, because I saw that same thing. Um, yeah. I was using this rice water and just thinking about whether or not my hair needed protein. I didn't even really know how to tell what my hair needed. I was just like, somebody said protein makes your hair grow longer. Let me just throw this in. And then, I don't know. Yeah. Then I've read other things that are like your hair could fall out. Yeah. The way you can do it, a strand test is you can take a piece of hair and if you pull it and it just keeps stretching almost like bubble gum, like your hair probably has too much moisture and it could use some protein. But if you stretch it and it like just snaps instantly, it probably has protein overload. So oh. a healthy balance is you can stretch it a little bit like a rubber band and then it pops, but it shouldn't go too far and it shouldn't pop too quickly. Wow, I'm gonna do that test. I'm definitely yeah. gonna do that. It's like an elasticity test basically, yeah. Right, exactly. Okay, our last on Reddit reply is the Real Housewives franchise. Since Potomac just um, came back. <laughs> are you into I, the franchise? I'm not, so I would leave it red. Is that right? Leave it yeah, red or leave it on red? Leave it on red. Mm -hmm. yeah, red. <laughs> Chelsea, are you replying? Oh, you know, I'm replying. <laughs> <laughs> I need some uh, to live vicariously through their drama. Yes, seriously. <laughs> Okay, so um, getting into the segment that we call the group chat, which is like our meat of our conversation. Um, so on this series what, that we've called Black Girls Doing Shit, it's really our, our time to um, get into the lives and into the practices of these amazing Black women who have done, um, who have accomplished so much in their own lanes. Um, and it's sort of just an exploration of what you do and how you do it. So. This podcast is also um, really inspired by our journeys as 20-somethings and just all the highs and lows of that and the confusion and the nonsense of this time. Um, so we were curious if you could give us a roadmap to how you got to where you are now from your early 20s. 
and how your brand came to be maybe along that road? Yeah, for sure. Because my life definitely looks a lot different in my mid thirties as it, you know, did my early to mid twenties. Um, so right after school, I actually took a job um, on Wall Street in finance. I was working at Goldman Sachs um, for several years. And um, it was a great opportunity because I learned so much and I worked with really, really smart people that kept me on my toes. And I think I developed in a way that I probably wouldn't have otherwise um, from a career standpoint. Um, but at the same time, I just wasn't passionate about what I was doing. And I, I know in my heart that you always go further when you're actually doing what you're passionate about. And so I had realized that this was not going to be like my long-term um, journey, um, but it was definitely a means to an end to like learn about business, um, to save some money, to pay off my student loans. And... Um, Halfway through my career at Goldman, I lost my mom suddenly in a car incident. And that really kind of changed so many different ways of thinking for me. I think one of the biggest things was like, don't wait until some, you know, unknown day in the future to pursue your dreams because life can be too, too short. And, you know, I feel like we just owe it to ourselves to align ourselves with our passions. Like, I kind of feel like that's what we're called to do. Um, and so after my mom passed, I started doing a lot of soul searching because I didn't really know what my passions were in my 20s, to be honest with you. Um, and I think a lot of people don't. Um, and it is definitely a journey. And um, one of the things that I did is I was, you know, thinking back to just because one of the ways you find your passion is thinking about the things that make you happy. And so I was thinking about just like all the times in my life that I was like the most happiest. And one of those times was actually with my mom when we were growing up and my mom was a chemist and um, we used to make a lot of our own beauty products from scratch. We had a health food store in our neighborhood and we would go there and we would get our own oils, essential oils, um, extracts, salts, sugars, you know, different grades, different granules, all sorts of things. And we started um, making a lot of our own beauty products, everything from hair care to skin care. And when I was thinking back on those times when I was most happy, that was one of them. I love the idea of being able to create my own formulas and, um, you know, make things that were actually good for me. So that ultimately became the inspiration behind me wanting to leave my finance job to get into the beauty industry and start my own product line. And um, I really just kind of poured myself into it. And I found myself being my most happiest self again. Um, but I knew that um, in order for me to make that a full-time job, I was gonna actually have to you know, turn it into a real company, not just have it be like a side hustle. So ultimately that's what I um, set out to do and I was so fortunate. I mean, by the time I was, um, I think I was maybe 28 or 29, I left Goldman and became a full-time entrepreneur. How did that feel? Was that scary? Like, you know, you're leaving this great paying job um, and this very secure world of, you know, working in, at a bank um, or not bank, but you know what I mean? Um, was that scary yeah. to just make that leap? 
Yeah, it was, it was definitely scary. Um, because it was scary for like a lot of different reasons. It was scary because I'm like, oh, I don't know how long my savings is going to last me. Is it going to be enough? Um, it was also weird too, because like I went from going into an office, we had like 400 people on our floor. It was huge. You know, just being around people and having like this kind of like very vibrant um, kind of work life to just being at home in my studio apartment by myself. So there were just a lot of um, changes. But I think again, when you kind of change your perspective on life and, you know, there was part of me that just kind of became fearless. And part of me that like, I know it sounds kind of crazy because I, at that time I didn't really have anything, but I was just so um, confident that it was going to work out. I was like, I don't know what it's going to look like, how it's going to work out, but I know it's going to work out. Um, and so I just kind of, you know, kept that belief the whole time and it has worked out um, beyond my initial expectation. So I feel very fortunate. That's so beautiful. I'm he like hearing the faith in that in your story is, is really powerful. And I love the idea of like sitting back and really thinking about when you're your most happiest. Like I love that as an exercise. And I don't think that enough people are able to ask themselves that question. And we just end up continuing in like whatever loop, whatever hustle, whatever grind until the end kind of. And yeah. yeah. It's kind of an, it's kind of the answer, right? Because especially in today's world, I said, I feel like an old person saying that in today's world, um, but really in today's world, you can turn anything into a business. Like even if poetry is what you're most passionate about, you can create the most beautiful poetry book and inspire people and sell it through Instagram or if gardening is the most thing you can curate different seeds and you know, put together a beautiful gardening, like anything you can think of, you can really turn into a business if you're smart about it and if you're passionate about it. So I actually think this is probably the best time in the history of this world to go after your passions and feel confident that like, wow, I can turn this into a business and probably make even more money um, than I'm making in my regular day job and actually feel good about what I'm doing. Yeah, I also really like that you said um, that like life is short. You know, sometimes uh, I know in our 20s, everyone's like, you have so much time, you have so much time. And we do have so much time, but like at the same time, why wait for tomorrow when you can just like get something started yeah. now? Because like, you, as you said, you never know what could happen. Exactly. Exactly. I also think that like, if you love what you do, then it can't fail. Maybe that's me having a lot of faith too, but I think because it's, it's coming naturally to you. So you're going to put in the work because you like doing it and exactly. yeah, putting in the work is how you make something work. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. I have a fun question for you. Um, just running it back to our texting theme. If you had to be an emoji or a GIF or a meme, which one would you be? I think I would be, I don't even know what it's called, but it's like the stars emoji. It has like four of those little like diamond shaped stars. Oh yeah. Do you use that a lot? Um, I use it sometimes, but I feel like there's something about that emoji that just feels magical. 
Mm. And going back to this whole theme of like, you know, passion plus belief, you know, you create what it is you envision for yourself. And there's something kind of magical about that. And I do think life is magical in that way. Um, because I think, you know, we have so many hidden powers that we don't even realize, but it's so simple. It's about, you know, aligning yourself with the things you love and just believing you can do it and you will. Um, so I like that little emoji because it's just like, yeah, it just feels magical and fun. I love that. Um, I, I, I always use this like shooting star one too, for the same reason. Oh yeah. I like to watch it like, I don't know. The movement of the star and the magic. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. I get you. Okay. What does a day in your life look like? Um, well, it looks different from day to day, but like during the work week, um, it's normally pretty intense, especially with the remote stuff. I'm like constantly on video calls, like back to back to back to back. Um but it's like, it's great because, you know, we're busy and things are moving and the business is growing and there's so much to do. Like, I'm so fortunate that I'm in a position where I can have back-to-back -back calls. It's not like, you know, oh my gosh, there's nothing to do. We have to figure this out. Um, you know, we have a mission and we're pursuing it and, you know, we're growing. Um, so lots of calls. Um, I've also been doing more things like these. I've been doing podcasts. I've been doing master classes. I've, um, and that's really fun. I love that stuff because I love connecting with people. I love sharing my story. I love inspiring others. Um, but then on the weekends, it's been, you know, it's been interesting because I'm from New York and I've been out in Sa Santa Monica for a little over a month now. And, um, it's really beautiful here. So, I'm definitely spending more time outdoors. I'm going on hikes. I'm going for bike rides. I'm laying by the pool. I'm going to brunch and everything is outdoors. So it's just really nice, but I'm, I'm spending a lot of time outdoors when I'm not working, which is definitely putting me in my happy place. <laughs> Wait, are you going to make the, the move from an East coaster to a West coaster? Um, I don't think so because eventually we will go back to the office. Um, definitely not now. Um, but I definitely need to be with my team for sure. Um, but I'm just trying to live my best COVID life and <laughs> now I can be by coastal. So I'm going to do that. That's I my dream. love it. I know. I'm like, I respect that. If only, if only, um, a follow-up to that, um, our other co-host Shade is always emphasizing the importance of having a daily routine and like she thrives off of it. Yeah. I'm curious if you have certain practices within your daily routine or maybe something that you do every day that you think has contributed to your success. Um, yeah, I think like a couple of things for sure. And, you know, daily routines are hard. So I don't want to give the impression that I'm like so disciplined that I can maintain a daily routine every day because most people can't. It's hard. I try to, like, I would love to meditate every day, but I don't. <laughs> I would love to work out every day, but I don't. But the things that I do try to do at least a few times a week, um, cardio exercise is just important. Um, I'm not like a fitness lover, but I know that it is good for my body. And I think in order to be your best, you've got to like feel good. 
So um, I've gotten really into the Stairmaster. I know it's weird. It's like so old school. It's like this 80s like workout machine. Um, but I love the Stairmaster because I'll, I'll go on it for like 20 minutes, which is about 100 flights of stairs. And by the end of it, I am drenched. Like it is 20 minutes and I've got a full workout, which I love because it's really short and quick. Um, and I'm only able to do the Stairmaster because I've been living in a hotel and they only let one person in the gym at the time. So luckily I can have my solo quarantine gym space, but at least a few times a week, I'll do that. Um, I try to do the meditation as well because what I like about meditation is, and I think people meditate for different reasons, but what I like about meditation is that I think it's um, like a discipline builder in terms of like your thoughts and being able to be more in control over the thoughts that you choose because you know every single day we are put into new circumstances we're reacting to different things people do say what we see what we hear and at the end of the day it's how we react to things that creates our reality right like someone can say something to you because they had a bad day you can take it personally and you can let it get you down and you can spend hours on the phone complaining to your friend about what they said or you can choose to just say gosh that person's having a really bad day I'm going to send them some positive energy because I want to see them doing better and literally move on <laughs> and so I feel like the more that we can choose the positive way out um, with our reactions ultimately the happier we're going to be so that's something that I try to do every single day when something does kind of make me feel a certain way or I get a little riled up, it's a signal for me to like pause and figure out what is like the best way for me to respond to this so that I achieve, you know, my happiest outcome. Um, so that's something that I try to do every single day. Um, I know that was a really long response, sorry. No, it's like the mind and the body. Like those are really important, yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Damn, yeah, I need to get back on my workout grind. And but you so don't have right. to do it every day. And because I know some people make you think that, but even if it's, you know, two or three days a week, and if you're like me where I don't love working out, figure out how you can get your burst best workout in 20 minutes. Because when I go to that gym and I step on the Stairmaster, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then I'm like, it's only 20 minutes, which is like, right. that's nothing. What is that, like five songs? <laughs> right. Five, like most hype songs. You line them up in a queue and you just knock it out for like 20 minutes. Um, and that's kind of what I do. And then also too, I think that works for me because I'm really conscious too about what I eat and how much I eat. So I don't believe you have to work out every single day so long as you're balancing it with diet too. But if you're eating poorly every single day, you probably should work out every single day. So it's just, it's really finding that balance too. Also, so Nancy, our group chat is like all about friendship and supporting each other. I would love to hear a little bit about your group chat. Are you even, are you in a group chat? Um, I'm in some group chats. Some of them have like you know, sometimes like group chats fizzle out too, but I have one that is just a regular group chat. It's actually for like entrepreneurs. Um, so that chat is like always going. And 
I love that chat because we all have this like same commonality. We're all navigating our businesses during COVID. Everyone's constantly sharing resources. How are you guys handling this? Are you going back to the office? If so, why? Why not? Um, so that group chat is like always going, um, which I appreciate um, because it's just nice to have a community where, you know, you can ask anything and people aren't going to judge you and, you know, just kind of having this like open resource. I think it's so important. Absolutely. I couldn't survive without our group chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what is the greatest piece of advice you've ever received? If you can think of it or a good piece of advice you've received. I know that's like a heavy question. <laughs> yeah, it's intense. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think it just, there's, there's so many nuggets of wisdom. Like there's just hundreds and hundreds of pieces, but to kind of go along with the theme that we've been talking about, because I really do believe in it. It's really just like believing in yourself, you know, and even if you're hit with like 10 different no's back to back, like so many people don't succeed because they give up. You know, they think no is telling them that like it's not meant to be. It's like, oh, well, I keep failing at this. So it must not be my calling or it just must mean that I should move on. Um, and that's not it at all because so much of like us realizing our dreams it's not even just about getting to the end result, but it's also about like the journey that strengthens us. So oftentimes like all those no's and challenges aren't actually trying to tell you not to pursue your dream, but it's actually trying to make you better in some way, right? Because every time you're met with a no, it means that you have to get like better to overcome it. So it's just something that I always try to like keep in mind. Like if something doesn't go my way, what is the lesson that I can learn in it? And how can I use this challenge to be better and then go after it again? And at the end of the day, in order to do that, you do have to just believe in yourself. Um, so I think that that's the best, most universal advice, whether you're trying to start a business, trying to get a new job, trying to lose weight, any of that stuff. I love that. It makes me think of this video that I recently saw on Instagram and it was like, a dad and a son and I guess there, he was like teaching him some boxing moves and yeah. the son like just wasn't getting it and just like had a meltdown and they started crying and the dad was like like don't cry it's okay and like referenced Einstein um who I guess said at one point um it's not that he's the smartest person it's just that he is the person that doesn't give up when there's like a problem like he just keeps trying to find the answer and keeps trying to solve it and just keeps going. So that idea of just like not quitting exactly. and that's how you find your success. Completely. It's really as simple as that, but it's not that simple. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's hard when everyone's like, when you're feeling so much rejection or so many failures, but like, I guess you got to just keep going or else how do you even know? Exactly. Right. 100%. Yeah. Um, so before we go, we're all about celebrating our sisters, our friends, and this episode is like our ode to women that are doing amazing things. Um, but we love to just continue to reach our hands back and just extend the celebration. Mm -hmm. So is there a Black woman that has a business or that you just love that you want to celebrate or shout out? Or someone in your life. Like, yeah, friends. There are so many. 
And so like, I wish I could list so many people, but I'm going to list the most recent badass black woman that I spent time with. Her name is Cece Kurzman. Hi, Cece. <laughs> um, so Cece is like incredible. She was a um, big executive at Sony Records for many, many years. She's on some incredible boards like Revlon, Cirque du Soleil. She's an entrepreneur. She's a hustler. She's such a kind person. And she inspires me um, because she just goes after whatever it is that she wants to go after. And I actually haven't even known her that long. I met her over Zoom chat um, during COVID. And then we met for the first time because she's out here in LA. Um, and I just think she's a badass. And so I would say Cece. Shout out to Cece. <laughs> and is there anything else you want to share about your brand? Anything exciting coming up that you can give us a sneak peek into, give us the exclusive on? <laughs> well, one really exciting thing that just happened. So Briogeo, which is my brand, it's a uh, clean um, hair care product line for all textures and types, everyone under the sun. And we just launched our first fragrance-free um, collection. So it's a shampoo, conditioner, and detangler. And when I created Briogeo, I wanted to create products that everyone could use, no matter your ethnicity, no matter your hair texture type. We have formulas that are very problem solution focused. Um, but the thing about hair care, it's not just about your hair. It's also about your scalp and your skin, especially when you're in the shower and um, you're shampooing and conditioning your hair. And I battled with eczema for many years until I found out that uh, a bad dairy allergy was causing my eczema. And I know at that time when I would have really bad eczema flare-ups, I was so sensitive to fragrance because sometimes when you have really bad eczema, it's almost like having like an open wound on your skin. And I was looking for fragrance-free shampoo and conditioner, and I just couldn't find any good products. Um, so I was just really excited to be able to launch this line to tap into a group of people that do have skin sensitivities. Um, so really excited to experience that launch and um, it's going really, really well. Um, and I'm excited because we've just been growing um, so much. I started with four products and now we have, you know, over 30 different um, products. And um, it's just great to see the growth and the expansion. Yeah, it's really cool. I um, I have been using your products for a while, and I'm glad that I got to put Glenn and Sade onto some of the products. Um, and I'm excited about that fragrance-free line because, uh, I mean, he's a guy. My boyfriend uses my shampoo, and he actually has eczema, and I think that might be good for him as well. So that's cool. Yeah. So send me your addresses after this, so I can send you out some Briogeo goodie boxes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We will. For sure. Well, Nancy, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on everything you've already achieved. And we know there's more to come. And thank you for dropping those gems on us. I'm definitely going to hold on to that idea of um, the power of believing in yourself mm -hmm. and like keeping track of when you feel the most happy and like continuing down that road. For sure. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much, Nancy. Thank you, ladies. It was so nice chatting with you. Yeah. You too. My good sis, that's a black girl doing shit. 
Hey y'all, it's your girl Day, and I am joined by Maya Norton, who is a marketing, are you like a marketing manager? Like, is there like a particular, like a little handle on the end? Yeah, I mean, I would say, you, you, I would say, yeah, marketing manager. Um, Perfect. Lead, whatever you want to call it. Marketing um, lead manager boss at Netflix creating holistic marketing campaigns for Netflix original series, films, and brand projects. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have been really eager to speak with you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Is there anything else you want to share before we jump into our little fun icebreaker that we have? Um, No, let's get into it. Okay. So we're Black Girls Texting, so it's all about texting the phone, um, and we have this game called On Red or Reply. So if you are not a fan of something, you would likely leave that on red. And if you are, you would reply. So it's rapid fire, kind of, but you can go into depth as much as you want. So our first On Red or Reply is going back into the office for work. Like, if they said that you can go in and it's safe, would you go in or are you leaving that on red? Ooh, that's hard. <laughs> I'm leaving that on red because I feel like I'm still, this is still a real situation. I'm wearing my mask. Like it, it didn't go away. So I feel, you know, I'm trying to be mindful and take the proper precautions. I do miss the office. I miss the camaraderie of seeing people in the hallways of just like the energy of being in person. But I, until it feels like it's a real solution, um, in place, I'm leaving that on red and I'm going to be working from home until further notice. <laughs> I feel you. Oh my gosh. What is your office like? Um, so it's interesting. Like it's a really open office. It's very conducive to creativity. Like we don't even have our own desks assigned. So we just sort of roam around and you're working where you're working and there's, you know, just lots of sort of chatter and energy and, um, it's, it's a really vibrant office, I would say. And we were actually supposed to move into a brand new one that was designed based on like trying to create a mood for different people and different teams. Like it was very thoughtful Ooh. and very much way. Um, but obviously production was halted. So everyone, you know, our, our office situation isn't happening, but it's a really fun office to work in. It's, um, feels like you're in college or something just like at tables with people talking and shooting this shit so it's a it's a good vibe I I do miss that I miss the office (laughs) I never thought I would say that but I really do miss the office same here (laughs) in the theme of like work I feel like a lot of people I know personally this whole pandemic has opened their eyes to like what really matters to them and what they're passionate about and they're making super drastic career shifts. So what are your thoughts on that? Would you leave that on red or is that a reply? I think that's a reply. I mean, I think the, one of the benefits of being in the situation that we're in is everyone has all this time to just be sit still with themselves, think, reflect, plan ahead. Like, you know, when you're out and about and you have your regular life, like you're always distracted by other things, but when it's just you at home or you with yourself, you can really like take inventory of, are you happy with what you're doing? Are you, do you want more? Is there something that you didn't have time to do before that you have nothing but time to do now, right? Like I saw something, it was like a quote and they're like, 
now you know what you've been making excuses for or what you actually really, you know, don't, don't have the bandwidth for because we're all in a space of, you know, you can do what you want with this time. So I, I'm, I'm replying to that. I think people should be thinking about what they really want, what they're really passionate about, taking some risks. It's like, there's no, um, no one's boxed in right now to any type of structure or format. It's really kind of like you can create it however you want it. So I'm, I'm all about people digging deep and discovering what they want to do. I mean, I've been doing that same like thought process for myself of just like, all right, you got this time. What do you want to do with it? So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm all doing that work and exploration right now. Like it's a great time for it actually. Our listeners may know this about me, but I'll just drop this in there. Like applying to jobs on LinkedIn is like a fun hobby of mine. It's very bizarre, but like, I love to check LinkedIn like every day and just see what jobs are out there and like apply. And like, if I get asked for an interview, it's just practice, it's conversation, it's growing your network. And like, it's not like I'm going for a job that is not in any way, shape or form aligned with what I want to do. But I'm like, okay, I know some of these skill sets. Like, why not? Well, I feel like, you know, first of all, LinkedIn is the move. I know a couple people that are in HR and in recruiting and they're like scouring LinkedIn on a regular yep. basis to find new candidates. Like, you know, um, it, I, I know at Netflix specifically, like they're all up in LinkedIn too. So LinkedIn is not a, like a black hole. I feel like it really leads to good opportunities for people. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's a good time to dig in and, and dig in on that. Last but not least, I don't know if you're a fan of the franchise, but Real Housewives of Potomac is back and we are Real Housewives <laughs> fans over here at Black Girls Texting. Yes. Are you leaving it on Reddit Reply? Okay. It's your so favorite one. I'm leaving it on Red. <laughs> I really am. Listen, so many of my friends, I know there's a passionate community that is all about Very. I feel like... I think I just missed the boat on it. Like I, I have seen some, I've watched Atlanta more than the others. Um, and I have seen Potomac and I love like the drama and the, you know, it, it hooks you in. I haven't stuck with it. I tend to watch a lot of like dramas, uh, like series and kind of like dark stuff. I would say mm. like, I watch like, a lot of like, dramas, like moody dramas, you know, like for example, I'm really excited about like, uh, Lovecraft. Like I'm, I'm, very much into watching that type of stuff so okay uh, i and i'm watching a lot of stuff for work all the time you know it's part as part of the job so i feel like in my free time i'm often like i don't want to watch another movie i don't want to watch right like i just need to do something else so i gotta be in the mood but i'm leaving it on red reluctantly because i know i'm missing out on some really good entertainment and i know there's a a lot of reunions coming up and and all of that so I I'm reluctantly leaving that on red I know I'm missing out I love it but it honestly is just background noise which is great because like there are some days where I'm like I have to work on a deck or like I just I'm like doing like more manual stuff and it's just like it's just there but I've gotten into I used to never watch any of the White Housewives I was like strictly Atlanta right right Potomac (laughs) but I got into Beverly Hills and I'm like, these women are, oh, something else. And now I can't stop. 
I've seen some of those episodes and like we have our own version of drama. It looks a little different, I feel, for us, but some of those women, they they be going in too. Like, That's what I was their saying. And their drama. It just it's more like passive aggressive, I feel yes. for them. You know what I mean? Whereas we, we get more into the business and like we will start throwing hands, but for them it's um it's passive aggressive, but it's also aggressive. It just looks different. So I have seen some of those. Cause I feel like the franchise started more with those. Mm-hmm. And then they brought in Atlanta and Potomac and more. But yeah, those women are crazy. I All a little dissertation. You got to be crazy on that to be on that show. But yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thanks for playing. I started watching is um, 90 Day Fiance <gasps> and at first sight yes they're in new orleans this year and it's like you know i'm like this is crazy so i have started watching more i would say in lockdown i've started watching more reality than usual so i don't know what that it's means, a lockdown thing but it is definitely i've seen way more than usual <laughs> yes oh my gosh i love it um so now we're gonna jump into the group chat this is where all the juiciness happens and and these questions range from you'll see so okay firstly um just in terms of your career can you give us like a brief roadmap of how you got to where you are now I'm stalked your LinkedIn I see you went to Howard so did Glenn so y'all are yeah you know we're we're obnoxious bison we're so fucking obnoxious we're like Howard did you go to Howard and it's a whole I love it I love it. We are like a cult almost. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely Howard all day. Um, so yeah, a little bit of my journey. I went to Howard. I studied journalism at Howard. And I just knew I wanted to be like a music editor, like very much brown sugar, like Sydney. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to be like the vibe editor was like my vision because um, I'm a, a big music head. So I studied journalism. I minored in political uh, political science. And then, you know, when I came out of school, I was like writing, editing, freelancing. I was at <clears throat> InStyle for a while, Entertainment Weekly, Spin, Vibe. Do you remember oh, Vibe? Wow. Vibe Vixen briefly? Of, of course. So I was there for a little while. Um, but yeah, just writing and editing for about, I would say seven or eight years. And I was at Lucky Magazine um for four editing there and it's it's interesting now because I look back and so many of the magazines that I worked at or I was a part of have shuttered or folded or you know it's just so like there's so many um relics you know where you look back and you're like thinking of suede magazine or you know just all these magazines that we love that just are no longer the classics I know yeah it's just different times yeah different times so to that point I was like all right I'm in print and everything was shifting digital. And I was like, all right, I feel like I was at Condé Nast at the time. I was like, I feel like if I just stay here, I'm going to sort of miss the movement that's happening organically in the industry. So I decided to kind of make a career pivot to go into kind of social and digital agency life. So um, I left Lucky and then I went to Laundry Service, which is an agency in there. I was working on all types of brands, um, social strategy, content, um, just community management, everything. And so I was there for a couple years and I realized like, I felt like I had mastered social and had like a boot camp of social. So I was like, all right, let me get more into creative marketing. And mm-hmm. so I moved, you know, advertising agency side and 
all things creative, digital. I worked with CoverGirl for a while, um, just like so many different brands. And I feel like I learned Accolades. And, uh, oh my God. <laughs> I'm snapping. Y'all can't hear it though. <laughs> Goodness. So much, it was so much work. But yeah, I, I just sort of kept flowing, which is weird for me because um, I'm like a textbook Capricorn. I'm a planner to the bone. Like, so for me to be like, I'm going to do this industry now. Now I'm going to do this. I just kept going with it. And, um, you know, so I had left the magazine industry for a couple of years and actually someone who used to be my client, her name's Maya too. She's wonderful. And she was working at own, um, Oprah room free network and me and her, I was her agency. She was client and she went to Netflix. And I remember we were, we became really good friends and just like, you know, had kind of a bit of a sisterhood, like with all the black people, you know, like, we yes. And so she had gotten married and we had just, I was out in LA for work and we had just planned to catch up. And she was like, Hey, you know, I I got a bunch of meetings. Can you come to the office instead of wherever we were going to have breakfast? I was like, of course. So I went into Netflix and I was looking around. I was like, damn, like, this is kind of exciting. Like, good for you, you know? And she was like, Hey, I'm building my team. Like, would you be interested? And I was like, of course. And so that's kind of how that started. But yeah, I've been at Netflix now for about two and a half years. And um, it's been, it's been amazing. It's been a wild ride, but it's been crazy. But yeah, journalism to advertising to in-house brand marketing now. I love that. And I think that's something we always try to emphasize when we go into like advice mode because we do have listeners who are like a little bit younger so like either in college or like coming out of college in that early 20s like what am I doing phase and like your network and just like staying in touch with people is so important not just from like a oh well I'm just gonna keep up to keep up and see like you literally never know like 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 that story right there you probably would have never expected that to happen Yeah. And I mean, I know it's like people say relationships are everything and they're like, make sure you network. And it's like, that can be not frustrating advice, but it, it feels like everything becomes out of your control. Right. Right. The right person needs to open the right door for you. You're like, cool. So in the meantime, what am I supposed to do? But I firmly believe and have seen on many occasions, like your reputation will really precede you. Like if you've worked hard with people, if you've been kind, like, people will remember that and they will mm-hmm. always make space for you, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's just being open and, and being humble, right? Like yes. at times, like hum- humbling yourself to reach out to somebody to, you know, I remember in journalism specifically, um, I think back on a number of people like me and Janet Mock interned at InStyle at the same time. Wow. Like I with, you know, so many young writers at that time and we would like, create excel sheets of people we wanted to reach out to at magazines we would like scrub the masthead and be like who's the editor here and like literally do these cold emails all day you know like can I get a coffee with you can I ask you questions can I send you some things over email and like nine times out of ten you're gonna get left on red you know what I mean because people it have been yep it is what it is right but um, there will always be that person who will open the email and make time for you. And I think especially as, as black women, as women of color, we tend to find more time and more bandwidth for each other. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of, that's been the journey. And I, I know that like, I've always worked in really competitive industries. I've always worked in 
industries where we were really upper uh, underrepresented. Um, and those relationships and those like interpersonal moments have been what have opened doors for me for sure. And I try to do the same for anybody who needs input. Like I will always, no matter how busy I get, I'm always going to make time to talk to somebody. Um, I love that. That's what it's all about. That's what we have to do. Um, on that note, in like talking about your role, I'd love to know like what a day in your life looks like and like, what is your biggest kind of like passion or something you're really excited about in your role? Yeah. So, um, I feel like it looks different now than it did before. Cause you know, I talked a little bit about the office and we would be in the office a lot, but I feel like in this sort of work from home, home vibes, it's every morning I wake up, I always listen to music. Um, I'm a big music head. I'm very passionate about music. So not, you know, a musician myself, but Mm-hmm. you know, DJing, playing music for people, curating musical experiences. So I always start my day with music. Like I can't get anything else done if I haven't had a moment. And you, you know, I have my Anita Baker shirt on. So I'm the same way. People are like, oh my God, first thing, shower, music is on. My roommates used to yeah. hate me. <laughs> it's just, you know, it, put, it puts you in the right zone. So I feel like it, I always start with music and I try to like have my tea or my coffee and just get in the the mindset for the day um but generally we have so many meetings it's a very meeting heavy culture at netflix so i'm probably in seven or eight meetings each day oh my gosh um, yeah i'm either brainstorming or like preparing for a campaign or figuring out like what do we want to do to get everybody excited about something um so it's a lot of like talking with teams and you know putting campaigns and plans together and um talking with our you know analytics teams and it's just it's a lot of discussion and planning of like okay here's a movie that's coming out here's a documentary or whatever it is like how do we make this the most amazing thing that everyone you know wants to watch wants to take part in and the day is spent either ideating on what that looks like or preparing to do it or doing it talking about how it went like it's very um it's a very integrated type of day, but a lot of meetings and a lot of like dreaming about how we can do something that hasn't been done before. Is there like a project that you're really, really proud of that you've worked on recently? Oh, that's a good question. Um, let's see. When I think about sort of highlights at Netflix, I think of a couple of things come to mind. So One, we did a campaign called A Great Day in Hollywood. It was maybe like two years ago where we sort of gathered all of our filmmakers, our showrunners, our talent, and had like restaged the classic uh, Harlem, um, Great Day in Harlem shoot. So being there was truly a a personal and professional highlight. I mean, I remember Alfre Woodard was like singing Lift Every Voice and everyone started singing it. It was just like, it was just it was a dream. That was a dream day. Like, I mean, it makes, it makes you want to like cry when you think about it, but that was a highlight. Um, Bird Box was a fun campaign to work on because it just like propelled, like, you know, you, you would watch it and be like, I feel like people are going to like this, but it ended up being like the memes that came from it. Those memes. Running around with, you know, like it was just like everyone grabbed hold of it as like just the most memeable thing ever. So Bird Box was fun. 
And I would say I, The Irishman was a really fun campaign to work on last year. I mean, De Niro, Pesci, like all the all the classics together. Yeah. So yeah. Those, have been, those have been some fun ones. And there's a couple coming out next year that I'm currently working on and really excited about. Um, I can't say anything because I want to keep my job. Of but course. There's some good stuff coming coming up for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, now we're going to shift to just some more juiciness if that's okay, okay. We right. love <laughs> so if you were an emoji or a gif what mm-hmm. would you be and why? oh my god that's good so i i send gifts all the time like i feel like it's my like automatic response in text and in everywhere i think lately it would be like viola when she gets up with her bag and just like walks out you know what i mean it's just such a mood and my like, boyfriend I, sends that to me almost every day because i say something absurd and he's just like no i feel like <laughs> it's so applicable to 2020 of just like gather your bag get up and walk down the hallway yes um, so that's a good one um that i use a lot and i feel like if i was an emoji I'd probably be the upside down smiley face because I feel like that's very versatile and it's like you can use it if you're in a good mood you can use it if you're surprised if you're annoyed like it just feels like an all-encompassing emoji so that's got to be that's got to be my top used one followed by the one that just like has the stretched eyes of just like the blank stare of like what are you saying um and then the one with like the smiley with all the hearts around it like all around the face yes most used emojis for sure I feel like that I'm like coming up with like black girls texting marketing as we're having this conversation but I'm like that'd be such a fun like little series to be like everyone posts like your most used because that really is like a lens into someone's life right there that's right and you know it it shifts like you know depending on the mood you'll you might be doing all the happy ones all the annoyed ones all the random ones like now I feel like everyone's using the little like germ one, you know what I mean? Yeah. Masks. Like it's just like <laughs> ever evolving. Oh my gosh. So are you in a group chat? I'm in multiple group chats um, based on like groups of friends from high school up to college, up to post-college, up to here in LA. And three of them are actually called Black Girl Magic, which is like so unoriginal of us, but it's like different groups. It's all Black Girl Magic. Yes. Um, I have another one just called the group. We just like the group. Um, but we I have a lot of a lot of group chats for sure and they are vibrant these days. Like we are lighting them up all day, every day. Do you find that they're kind of like support groups? Like for us it's just like our our therapy that we go to and that's really how the show even came about. Yeah, absolutely. They're like it's like therapy, it's like cheerleading, it's you know, advice. Like I feel like it serves a purpose of not only keeping us connected into like what's happening with each other, especially now as we're not together as often, but just like, hey y'all, this is going on. What do you think? Like it serves so many purposes, you know, it's like I, I feel we we get so much done in those it's like we're also sending each other a lot of entertainment like the memes are popping off in there um but yeah i'm grateful for my my little group chats we keep each other afloat (laughs) for sure seriously it's the best and i think it also just like keeps me personally like in the loop on what's going on because i'm like wait what who who did what (laughs) 
Yeah, it was like, it was interesting because <clears throat> one of my friends for a while was like, I want to take a break from looking at the news. Like I need a little detox from social media mm. and everything. And she was like, well, y'all let me know if something significant has happened in the world that I need to know about. We're like, of course we will. But, you know, I feel like it's also breaking news. You know what I mean? Like if you've been kind of off the grid or working or doing something, people might be like, did you see this? And it's just like alerting you of what's happening in the world. So yeah, I, I, I love my group chats though. I'm active in all of them every day. You know how some people are like not, they're like, they're lurking mm -hmm. and like never participate. Like I'm the one who's like active all day, every day. I'm like, hello, like what's going on? Someone's been quiet. Are you okay? Do we need to come get you? Like what's happening? That was actually an on Reddit reply in one of our previous episodes, like when people are silent or just like lurk in the group chat. Yeah. Everyone like, was like, that's on red. That is not allowed. No, if you're not going to participate, we're going to remove you. Exactly. <laughs> that's what Chelsea said. We've actually had that happen. So it was kind of like a little funny story time, but. Hey, you I'm get not... a warning or two. And if you don't, you know, then we're there's etiquette. That. That's right. Oh my gosh. Do you guys talk about, um, I imagine tons of Netflix shows or like you're sharing your favorite shows. Is there any one that everyone's talking about right now? Well, it's interesting because I feel like we, we do talk about what everyone's watching because we're all looking for recommendations. But I feel like lately more of them have been coming from HBO. Um, I May Destroy You is, you know, definitely one that we've been talking about a lot. And I feel like earlier in the year, earlier in the summer, Insecure, you know, like there's been other like sort of titles that we've all gotten really excited about. But yeah, we have our Netflix moments too. I feel like Tiger King earlier in the year. We oh were my gosh. <laughs> what is happening? Um, and most recently, some of us were watching Indian matchmaking, you know, and so definitely going down the rabbit hole of what have you not seen? What needs to be on your list next? Like we all have the time for sure. So it's like trying to get that one-to-one -one recommendation. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give HBO the I May Destroy You and the Insecure, but Netflix just comes with like fire at all times and at the most unexpected times slash the yeah. most unexpected shows. Like my friend and I just randomly started watching Unwell. Yeah, I really... I want to see that next. That's oh, been it's list. so good. Next thing you know, we're like, wait, 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 what, 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 what? It's such a, especially I feel like the, we, we call it unscripted, but it's basically like reality or nonfiction rather, but um, unwell, like the, it just sends you down a rabbit hole of like, okay, this is a real thing happening in the world. Let me, Unsolved Mysteries was another that I was watching for a while. Yeah. Like, trying to solve it yourself. Like, you know, it, it's kind of crazy. It opens up a lot of, you know, just, just going down the rabbit hole of watching stuff, but yeah, I think I I know everyone's really excited about the fact that we brought Moesha back and like um, girlfriends is coming back and all that's the about to be crazy. Girls. Yeah, it's been years. Like Jasmine, my colleague who I love, like it has been her mission since she joined. We joined. We started the same day actually. Since she started, she's been like, I'm bringing girlfriends to Netflix. And so to see it like pan out now is really rewarding. Of like, listen, these classic black shows keep them alive, introduce them to new people, new audiences. And like, it just brings so much nostalgia when I'm watching Moesha too. And like the music and the clothes and like, Most I thought she was the coolest. Yes. 
full list. I was like, Brandy is everything. So um, it's been fun to kind of reminisce and watch that stuff. Your colleague is doing the Lord's work because God's work. this is what we need during this time. My company said we're work from home through July 2021. Yeah, of next year? Wow. Yeah. Right, so that's a full year. I'm just like, okay, well, me and Netflix and a good ergonomic chair. <laughs> I know. I need to invest in a proper setup. I've been using like trade tables. I've been sitting on the bed. I've been sitting at my kitchen table. Like I just keep moving around. I need to really commit to like a, a proper desk setup and probably a monitor and like a real sit down at your desk chair. And I think it's just like, it makes it real that we're not going anywhere. Exactly. So I resisted it a little bit because I'm Same. like, oh, get a chair we'll go back eventually no ma'am it is time to face yeah. the reality of gonna be home until at least spring I think for us for sure I put the orders in and I'm and I'm I'm making like a home gym a home office and it's just like okay. it is it is what it is I'm not yeah, you know we gotta embrace it like I got a peloton once I realized Same. okay yeah I'm so I love my peloton it's the best but I was like before this I was going to gyms I was you know taking a lot of classes you know in person and I'm like we're I'm not going into a gym right now that's one place I, I don't think I will ever go back at this point no. gyms are already nasty and I remember in my gym they sent an email it's kind of like a small gym but private one and they were like we're gonna start wiping down the bikes after every other class I'm like y'all weren't doing that before that's gross so I'm exactly like, I'm not about to be in anybody's gym I'm sure until no. maybe 2022 I've fully so, invested into my home gym. Yeah, like, and, and really the, the, the interesting thing is like, once you get over the hump of like, feeling like you're not really working out like that or just playing around at home and you get the proper equipment, you're like, I can really get my dream body from the comforts of my home. Like, I don't need to be paying anybody any gym fees. Like, it's been game changing to have a, have a Peloton, get up on there and I'm like, all right, we can do this. So I'm not there yet with my desk situation, though. I, I need some time. <laughs> One step at a time. Yeah. We're on the same brainwave here. Oh, my gosh. So my last question for you, which might be, it's a pretty loaded one, but I'd love to know, if you recall, what is the best piece of advice you think you've ever received? This can be career-wise, just life-wise, anything. Okay. I mean, I feel like it's tough to narrow it down because I I feel fortunate I've had so many good mentors and like I, I like to say friend tours because I feel like it doesn't always have to be some like wise sage that like takes you under their wing like yes friend tour yes it's, it's your peers it's people who can just give you you know input but I feel like the the, the two things I, I stick to or, or come to often are to sleep on it like that's, I, I will always like when there's a big decision to make, just take a moment. If you're mad, take a moment, like to just pause and not be impulsive because you can do so much damage by pulling the trigger on something that you haven't thought through thoroughly or haven't vetted, um, you know, and if you're trying to navigate something, just sleeping on it, taking a minute, like not being afraid to get feedback, solicit feedback on something. Um, but I feel like the fail early, fail often, but always fail forward is definitely a very personal one to me. That's a um, new one for me. Can you say that one again? Um, it's fail early, fail often, but always fail forward. 
and it's John C. Maxwell, um, a quote by him. But it's like, I, I've embraced that because I feel like, especially if we're all ambitious people, we want to, you know, get a lot of things done and we have big dreams. And it's like, I think embracing failure as a natural part of the process of like, if you're trying new things and you're, you know, taking risks and making bets, you are going to fail. But it's like, if you're going to fail, try, like learn quickly, you know what I mean? Don't like prolong and then decide to try something later, like to not be, I guess, timid with taking mm-hmm. risks and trying new things. And it's like, if you, if you're not failing, then you're not trying anything new. If you're not failing, then you're not taking a risk. You're staying in a bit of a bubble. Um, so I think just embracing failure has been a big one and, and the con and like taking the stigma away from failure, right? Because some of the most successful people in the world fail all the time. And I think just reframing failure of like, Hey, I tried something, I learned something and I'm going to keep moving and to just make that like an iterative, like fast moving process of like, okay, I tried it, didn't like it, didn't work. Okay. Tried it. That was great. Going to do more of that. I think that has been, um, really what's anchored me in my career a lot because like I said earlier, I went from journalism to advertising to brands that like you can't be so attached to the outcome of something if you're going to want to be fluid and try to. So just kind of like surrendering to like, everything's not going to be amazing. Even if you're amazing, you could be the smartest person in the world. You're going to have moments where you're like, eh, that didn't really go how I want it. But just to kind of embrace that and get comfortable with that, I think has been really good advice. Yeah. That I think is, is key. The way you said we should really kind of reframe the way we look at the word failure in general, because like, why does it have such a bad connotation when it's kind of like inevitable in a way? It's something that everyone's going to experience. Yeah. It's like just reframing it as a lesson. You know what I mean? Like failure is simply a lesson. Like you learn what either serves you or doesn't and that's it, you know, and not to be defeated or deflated if something doesn't work out how you intended. And we all know like often the things we wanted the most are the things you look back and you're like, yeah, I dodged a bullet on that. Somebody you were dating, it could be a job you wanted, it could be anything. And you're like, I'm actually happy that didn't work out because it opens the door for something better or different that maybe you didn't even see coming. A hundred percent. Wow. This has been so fun. Like I, I, I love talking to different women and just learning about their journeys, but seeing how much we all have in common and our experiences and like the, the journey I think is the most exciting thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the journey is everything and having, you know, community to like share these experiences with and especially amongst black women, like we are, I, I mean, I couldn't say more positive words about black women. We are so amazing and so special, but I think just leaning on each other and learning from each other and like making certain topics not taboo so we can all just have insight into our journeys. And, you know, we all have so many things in common. And um, so I'm always down to talk about that stuff. And, you know, it's, it's good. Thank you so much for joining us. Our last segment is called um, Black Girls Doing Shit within the Black Girls Doing Shit episode, right? It's, we're, we're, yeah. we're getting deep into like the matrix here. And 
like black girls doing shit, but black girls doing shit are talking about, but it's like, that's like going all the way in there. Yeah. Exactly. You see what we're doing? <laughs> so we want you to highlight a black woman that you just want to shout out. It could be a friend. It could be a family member. It could be a public figure that you admire, a product owner that you're loving. Just like give us something. That is really hard to narrow down. I feel like my Instagram feed is like flooded with black women doing amazing shit. But if I could think about who I'm currently feeling inspired by, um, number one, I'm going to say Beyonce. Not just because Beyonce is Beyonce. Okay, we, we know she's been amazing for a long time. But I think more specifically, I've been really inspired by Black Parade. Um, and Black is King, Black Parade, because she hi she highlighted so many like rising creatives, entrepreneurs, businesses, artists, like that was such a platform to just put everyone else first. You know what I mean? Like she could have easily made it all about her as an artist, but she chose to like handpick like her and her team because obviously it was a team involved. So shout out to all those women on that team that were yes. collecting those recommendations, but like to have a full directory of black girl magic and black people magic to me I think is just so admirable that she would take the time to do that and and make that such a focal point but also um black is king I have multiple friends who either wrote for it you know art directed did things and these are just amazing black creatives and I just think her whole year has been dedicated to like putting people on you know I mean, I just like marvel at everything she's done with those two projects. Um, another Black woman who I'm, I would say, professionally inspired by is Bozema, who is our new CMO now. Um, obviously, yes. I haven't just started like two weeks ago, so I haven't had any time with her yet. But just seeing her journey and her platform for empowerment that she's created with, you know, her badass workshops and just knowing that she's all about like, helping people get to a place where they're comfortable being their authentic selves, where they're celebrating who they are and they're being true to themselves. Like as a black woman in such a position of power, like I tip my hat to her for not only being a CMO and like rising to that rank, which is celebration in and of itself, but for her to have the stance of like making sure that people are remaining authentic and being themselves. And like, I think that's just, really spectacular and I'm excited to see you know what she's gonna do for us and what we're gonna do together so those are my two and also I know I mentioned Jasmine already but Jasmine for bringing Moesha back and I was gonna say we have to give her honorary <laughs> shout out you know what but to, to all the black women and all my group chats and all my friends and family and my mama and everybody black gets you know um my my love today <laughs> and you and just every it's almost like oprah like you get you get a car you get a car like <laughs> yes. my person in a space gets oh my gosh my praise at this moment um just for persevering and being the unicorns that we are that part well thank you so much for joining us thank we really appreciated having you and we're just really excited to see more of what comes from you and your career on your own and you know what's going to come down the pipeline with netflix i'm sure some heat is going to be cooked up yeah, and we're sure. excited to stay tuned all right well thank you for having me thank you thank so you fun. thank you is there anything else you want to shout out before we go uh no i just uh 
Yeah, I don't have anything else. Not not at the moment. Just everyone keep being great. Keep being great. Keep being your great selves. Um, living your best life. Using this downtime as a time to grow um, and discover yourself. There's a lot that can get done this year, even though it's been a weird year. I love that. I love to end on that note. And that's it, y'all. That was another episode of Black Girls Textings, Black Girls Doing Shit. On these episodes, we love to celebrate Black women that are doing amazing things. And if you know a Black woman, a Black person that is doing something phenomenal that you want us to celebrate, please send us their information. Tell us their stories. Send it to hello at Black Girls Texting. We love you. Everyone that's listening to us right now is a Black person doing shit, and we appreciate you. We thank you so much for listening. Until next time, it's your girls, Black Girls Texting.